Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Nidaram Daf Pei Hey. We are holding on Daf Pei Dalaram Beis, about nine lines from the end of the page. At the two dots on Pei Dalaram Beis. Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, an honor of his wife and children. And Lila Nishmas' mother, Goldaba Simcha Shalom. Also sponsored by Yal and Yosef Gurvich in appreciation of their children's Rabbeim and Marot. Also sponsored by Rabbi Meir Bruckheimer in honor and appreciation to the Shear and in commemoration of the yard sites in Teves of his mother, Rachel Bas Yisachar, Zechron Levracha, and his wife, Hindel Bas El Yakim Akoin, Zechron Levracha, and Shamos Shavan It's also sponsored by David Ham in honor of his wife, Margie, whose birthday is this week. Happy birthday. It's also sponsored for a for Shlema for Esther Basara by the Lightman family, and finally sponsored for for Shlema to our dear friend Shmar Yahu Ben Rezel Shoshana Miriam Shlever for Shlema Besoch Shar Chole Yisrael. So what we're going to discuss today is the following: the Gemara is going to raise a stira within our Mishnah whether Tova Sanaa is considered to be Mamon or is not considered to be Mamon. We're going to have two ways of resolving that stira whether Tova Sanaa is Mamon or not, and that. Comes Conversation is going to bring us all the way to the Mishnah on Pehei Amralev. Then the Mishnah is going to talk about a woman who takes a neder that prohibits Maisa Yodeha, whether it, uh, a neder that prohibits Maisa Yodeha on other people, a neder that prohibits Maisa Yodeha on her husband. So is the neder Chal? If it is Chal, does it require Afara? Can the husband be made for such a neder? So what are the rules of a neder that prohibits Maisa Yodeha? We're going to have several Shitos of Tanoim that appear in the Mishnah. Then the Gemara is going to uh, tell us what Shmuel's psak is in terms of the Machlok Estanayim in the Mishnah. And the Gemara is going to raise a stira in Shita Shmuel. What does Shmuel hold in general about Davar Shalob Aliyolam? Based on his psak of our Mishnah, he seems to hold one thing, but elsewhere he seems to hold something else. A stira in what Shmuel's Shita is about Davar Shalob Aliyolam. Within our daf, we're going to have three possible Answers uh, uh, to that steer and Shmuel about Davar Shalom Bali Olam. I think there might be a fourth answer in tomorrow's daf, but three answers in today's daf about Davar Shalom Bali Olam. So essentially, the two major conversations are two stiras a stira within our Mishnah about Tova Sana'a, Mamon Reina Mamon, and then a stira in Shmuel, whether Davar Shalom Bali Olam, whether about, uh, right, whether Davar Shalom Bali Olam is subject to uh, transactions, to uh, to, to chalos of, uh, of an isr, like a neder or a hektish or something like that. So let's begin at the two. That's about nine, nine, nine lines from the end of the page, says the Gemara. The Mishnah told us, that if a person takes a neder, I know that Kohanim and Levim are not allowed to get an from him, the Kohanim and Levim could take their matanos, they could take their chumas and maestros against his will, uh, they could just go grab it. But if he says, Kohanim Elu, Levim Elu, Nanimli, if he gets more specific and he identifies particular Kohanim and Levim that are not allowed to get Hana from him, so then uh, only uh, then uh, only other Kohanim are allowed to get Shumas and Maestros from him, but those Kohanim that he had identified as having an issue to get from him are not allowed to get from him. So ask the Gemara, we have a stira from the Reisha to the Seifa, when the Mishnah says that someone who asks Hana on all Kohanim and Levim, they're still allowed to take Shumas and Maestros, Sa'al you see that clearly the assumption is that the idea that the, the Israel's bailus over the truma is simply one of that he gets to choose 
which Kohen he gives it to. And apparently that's not considered Mamon, because if that was considered Mamon, then no Kohanim would be allowed to take Truma when he assered all of his Mamon on Kohanim. So it must be that the Tovasana, his rights in the Truma are not considered Mamon, and that's why they're allowed to take. But a Masefa, but then the Mishnah went on to say that Kohanim Elu, Levim Elu Nanimli, that if he uh, identifies particular Kohanim, particular Levim that are not allowed to get an offer from him, let other Kohanim and Levim take from him. But those Kohanim that, uh, that he asked are not allowed to take Shumas and Maestros. What does that tell you? Alma, Tovasana, Mamon. That seems to indicate that Tovasana is Mamon. And uh, therefore, his rights in those Shumas is considered Mamon. So if he asked Kohanim Elu, the Elu, they're not allowed to take from him because that's taking his Mamon. So you have a stira within one line of our Mishnah, whether Tovasana is considered Mamon or not considered uh, Mamon. The uh, Achronim raised the question, why didn't we ask from the beginning of the Mishnah? Meaning, you don't have to ask a stira within the Seifa, you can ask a stira between the Reisha and the Seifa. Because the beginning of the Mishnah said that if a woman takes a neder hana'a from Brios, she's not allowed to get hana'a uh, from uh, from Maiserani. So, uh, so, so uh, Rava explained the reason was, because we're talking about that the Bailam has Tovas hana'a in Chalukah Samaiserani. The Bailam has of deciding which Ani to give it to. And Tovas is apparently therefore considered Mamon. So you want to find a place where it says that Tovas is Mamon. You don't need just go to the Reisha of the Mishnah. And right then you already have a stira. Why wait to point out the stira till that last line? You already have a stira earlier on. So the Arsameach in Hilchus Matana Parak suggests that since the woman, when she takes a neder, that she's not going to get any Hana'ah from Brios, she intends to ask her even this kind of hana'a, that she's not going to get my ani from the brios either. See, even though, legabe, everything else in the world, we would say, tovas is ena mamon, since belashon b'nei adam, getting my ani is considered to be hana'a, uh, because the bailim have z'chus to choose who they're going to give uh, the my ani to, the woman is able to asser such hana'a on herself. But a person who asers on, on other people, on kohanim, on levim, he asers them from getting hana'a from him, so then, only if Tovasana is Mamon is he is he authorized to asser? Is he capable of assering them from getting Hana from the, from those Matanos? But if Tovasana is ain't a Mamon, then the entire Hana is Shalamakabel, and the Balabais doesn't have any jurisdiction over this. He doesn't have the right to control what Hana somebody else is going to give, and that's why it's not a stira. Because in the Rishon the Mishnah, the woman asked herself, so she could ask whatever she wants for herself. Things that are Mamon, things that are not Mamon, she could ask her whatever. But if it uh, comes to answering something on somebody else, you can only answer that which is your mamon on somebody else. If something is not your mamon, you're not able to answer that on somebody else. That's what the Yosemech explains, that the stira has to appear within the context of answering on somebody else. Because whenever it talks about a neder of answering on yourself, it could be that regardless of Tavasana mamon or Eina mamon, you have increased uh, ability and jurisdiction over the, uh, the, the, the right to, to, to prohibit 
something. So Karanara and the Nidre's reason raised the question that even if Tovah Sada is Eina Mamon, but the Gemara learns from a Pasuk in Mesechus Chulim, the Gemara learns from a Pasuk, that the Kohen is not allowed to take the Matanos on his own, the Balabayis has to give it to him. So if that's the case, the Kohen is Nana from the fact that the Balabayis is Dafka choosing him to give him the uh, the Matanos. So even if Tovah Sada is not Mamon, it should be also for the Mudar to get these Matanos. So the Karen Oris says, no, Tovasana is not Mamon. So when the Matanos are given to that Kohen, it's considered that you're giving the Kohen that which is already his. He's not getting anything from you. Or the way Yerav Shom Zalman explains that it could be that you Aser the Kohanim only to get Hana from your Mamon, but not to get Hana from you. So yeah, when you choose to give to the Kohen, he's getting Hana from you, but he's not getting Hana from your Mamon. And therefore it's not considered part of that uh, of that nether. But bottom line is, in, in the context of our Gemara, we have a stira. We have a stira in the Mishnah, is Tovasana Mamanus, Tovasana not Mamanus. So the Gemara tries to suggest at first, not a stira, machlokas, that the two lines in our Mishnah reflect two different opinions in Tanayim. So Amrav Hoshaya Lokasha. Don't ask a stira from one line of the Mishnah to the next, because the Mishnah is reflecting two shitos. Har Rebbe, the sefer that says that Tovas is considered mamon, follows the shita of Rebbe. Vahar Rebbe, Yosef Rebbe Yudah. And the Reisha that's, that's, that, that implies that Tovas is not mamon, follows the shita of Rebbe Yosef Rebbe Yudah. Where do we find that there's a machlokas, Rebbe and Rebbe Yosef Rebbe Yudah, whether Tovas is, uh, is mamon or lav mamon? Titania, we have it in the following b'risa. Hamzri Nidre's reason raises the question, that since we're going to have to say that the Mishnah is following two different Tanayim, according to uh, Rav Hoshaya, why in the in, in the Reisha does it say that you ask her kol kohanim alav, and then the Seifa is kohanim elu elu? Meaning it's not really about that. Meaning we, 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 we had these two cases where you ask her all kohanim from getting on Then we said, okay, they're allowed to take Jerusalem Isis. But if you ask her kohanim elu elu, they're not. But it's not really about a difference between kol kohanim versus it's just two different shittos about Tovah Sanah Mamon. Meaning, if you hold that Tovah Sanah is Mamon, whether you ask her Kol Kohanim, whether you ask her Kohanim Elu, Leviyam Elu, nobody's allowed to take the Chumas And if you hold Tovah Sanah ain't a Mamon, whether you ask her Kol Kohanim, whether you ask her Kohanim Elu, Leviyam Elu, everybody's allowed to take the Chumas Maisos. So it's a strong kasha, Nidre's reason asks, that according to Rav Hoshaya, that uh, the stira could be resolved by saying, oh, reflects two different shittos in Tanaim. The better way to reflect two different shittos in Tanaim is by keeping the case exactly the same and showing that there's one shita that says this way and one shita that says that way. So it's a strong kasha. But anyway, where do we find such a machlokas between Rebbe and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yudah, whether Tovasana Mamon or Eina Mamon? They don't exactly spell it out that this is what they're arguing about, but the Brysa says the following. Hagonev Tivlo Shel Chavero. Let's say a person steals his friend's grain when it's still Tevel. So Trumas and Maestros have not been uh, designated or separated from this grain. The and then the Ganav eats the Tevel. So how much does he owe? Does he owe only the amount that the Bailim would have ended up with post-tax, meaning post-Trumas and Maisos, or does he owe the full amount of the Tevel? So Mishalim lo demei Tivlo divrei Rebbe. Rebbe says you have to pay the full amount of the uh, of the Tevel, um, and include, inclusive of the value of the Trumas and Maisos. What does that mean, inclusive of the value? That for sure the guy was not going to be able to have, right? I mean, the guy you stole it from, he may have 
have had tovas hanaa on the Trumas Maisos, which is that there's some monetary value assigned to the ability to choose the destination of this Trumas Maisos, but he certainly doesn't have the full rights in the Trumas Maisos. So that's what the Ran says that when, when, even when Rebbe says, Mishalim Lodz Meitivlo, what he means is the amount that would have ended up being Chulin, you pay full value for. The amount that would have been Trumas Maisos, you pay Kifi Shivoyatovas Hanaa, meaning whatever the value of being able to choose who you give it to is. So there is some monetary value to that. So if it's $100 of produce, the monetary value of being able to choose maybe $5. So that's you give $5. You're not going to give the $100. That's how the Ran says. That's how the Rashba says. That's how the Ramban says. That's how Tosa says. However, the Mefarish writes, no, you pay the full value of the Tevel. Even though the guy you stole it from only has Tovas Hana, it's considered as if it's his entirely, and therefore you pay the full uh, the full value. In Shittim Gubet says, he quotes both of these uh, explanations, both of these possibilities, and he says, and he explains the second of the two, which is harder to understand. Why would you pay Dmei Kulo? He says, because sometimes a person uh, will will uh, give his own truma to a Kohen who he's anyway supporting, his relative, his uh, you know, uh, a dear friend, or someone who's, who's in need, and now that you stole this Tevel, he's still going to want to support that relative or that friend. So he's still going to, he's going to need to come up with that same amount of produce from somewhere else. So it turns out that the Ganav who stole the Tevel may have actually cost him the full value of the Trumas Maisos. That would only be grammar, really, but, but, but since there is a direct financial uh, hit, when we assess that financial hit, uh, we can use grama to, you know, what, what it's going to ultimately cause to assess the value of the financial uh, loss, the fact that he's going to have to, uh, re- he's going to have to recoup it from somewhere else. The Abne Nezer suggests that the machlokas over here is really machlokas rishonim in terms of what tovas actually means. Rashi writes in Masechus Pesachim that, that tovas means that the, the Israel who gives uh, truma and meiser is actually allowed to be makabel a pruta from Yisrael Chavero in order to give the truma to Ben Bito Kohen. Meaning two guys sitting next to each other in shul, what are you planning on doing with your truma? I don't know, I haven't decided yet which Kohen I'm going to give it to. Well, my grandson is learning in Kailil and he's a Kohen and, uh, you know, I, I, would you mind giving it to him? Here, I'll give you $5 if you give your, all your truma to my grandson. So that's tovas Tovasana means that he actually get paid to uh, direct your truma to one particular uh, to one particular kohen. So if that's the case, the ganav who steals the tevel is costing that amount of money because there actually is real money in it. It's it's whatever money you're going to get paid to direct your truma in that direction. But the mefarish over here says that you the, you give it to the kohen or the levi that's going to be machzik lo tova, meaning it's not that there's actual money that changes hands. But the Kohen and the Levi who receive it are going to, uh, you know, the, if, if the Kohen happens to be a big posek, he's going to answer your calls. Meaning he's going to, you know, or whatever. He's going to be helpful to you in whatever way he can. So that is not limited to the $5 that uh, they, that's, that's the whole value of the Truma. So maybe that, the Avnei Nezer suggests, is uh, that, that same Machlokas. But anyway, Rebbe says that if a person steals Tevel, you pay the full value. Rebbe Yosef, you don't says, no, you only pay the value of the chulin within the tevel that you stole, because the guy anyway wasn't going to be able to keep the truma and the meiser. So what is the nukudas hamachlokas? What are they arguing about 
whether you pay the full value or only the mechul and shemo. My love, bahakamivlgi. The Rebbe Savar Tovas Hanaa Mamon. It must be that Rebbe Holds Tovas Hanaa is considered Mamon, and therefore you pay even for the Tovas Hanaa. And Rebbe Yosef Rebbe Savar Tovas Hanaa. Ain't a mammon. And Rios Rebuda says, Tovasana is not mammon. So the guy's rights in the Trumos and Maestros is not, is not a monetary right. So you don't have to pay him for that. So there you have it. Machlokas Tanayim, whether Tovasana is mammon or ain't a mammon. So when we have a stira from one line in our Mishnah to the ne- one line to the next in our Mishnah, whether Tovasana is mammon or ain't a mammon, it's just a reflection of two shitos in Tanayim. Says Mar love. That is not necessarily true. The Machlokas Rebbe and Rabbi Yosef Rebuda may not be about whether Tovasana Mamon or Reina Mamon. I what then are they arguing about? If you steal Tevil, do you have to pay the whole thing or not? To Kuli Alma Tovasana Eina Mamon. Maybe both Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef Rebuda agree that Tovasana is not Mamon. Your rights to direct Truma Maiser to a particular person is not considered a monetary right. It's not considered something of monetary value. Over here by stealing Tevel, the Machlokas is whether Trumus or Maestros that have not yet been designated uh, are, are considered as if they already have been designated. And uh, do we assume that Kohanim already have a, a monetary right in those Matanos? That's the sheet of Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudha. And therefore, you're only going to pay the value of the Chulim in, the, uh, in what you stole and not the Trumus or Maestros because that didn't belong to the guy that you stole it from. Whereas Rebbe holds that calls man that that uh, that you haven't actually designated the Shumas Maestros, the whole thing is like Chulin. We don't view Tevel as some mixture of Chulin and Truma and Maestro. No, it's until Truma is designated, until Maestro is designated, the whole thing is Chulin, and therefore you're going to pay the full value of the uh, of what you stole. So uh, says ask the Gemara, but wait, the e Tovasana ain't a mamon. But if Tovasana is not considered mamon, Mali Hormu Mali Lohormu, why would it make a difference if you designated the Trumas or not? Just like if you designated it, the Israel has no has no actual monetary rights in in it. Uh, so too, before you you designated the Chumas um he only gets Tovasana because then Tovasana is a Namamon. So it turns out he doesn't really have uh, the the uh, he, meaning. What value does he have? He has a hundred uh, uh, dollars worth of uh, worth of wheat that you know that he's only going to end up with eighty eight dollars worth from. You know that that's what it's worth to him because ten percent is going to go to Levi, two percent is going to go to Kohen. So you know he's only ending up with uh, with eighty eight percent of it. Uh, so so. Uh, why would Rebbe hold that the Ganif has, has to pay him the whole thing? What do I care whether you consider the okay, consider the whole thing Chulin, but how much is that Chulin worth to him? It's only worth 88% of what it's uh, what it's worth, so that you should only have to pay that. So Ella so says, both according to Rebbe and according to Riosa Rebuda, really Tovasana is Eina Mamun, and really you should not have to pay for the full value of that which you stole. Why then does Rebbe say you have to pay for the full value of the table that you stole? We want to make a kanas on the ganav so that he shouldn't steal. I mean, you think about it from the ganav's perspective. He needs $100 worth of, uh, worth of flour, let's say. So he can go to the store and he can pay $100 for the flour and he'll get $100 worth of flour. Or he could steal someone's tevel flour, right? $100 worth. 
and he'll only have to pay $88 worth and not, not, not $100. So he'll make a great deal. So he'll benefit instead of just going and buying like a match. He'll go and he'll steal it and he'll come out on top even when, when we are Machayv, even when we catch him and we make him pay. He's, so we don't want the Ganav to have to be, to be a Chote Niskar to benefit from his Geneva. See, even though you should not have to pay the full amount, Rabbi says he has to pay the full amount because uh, otherwise he's going to be benefiting from, from stealing and that's not going to discourage anyone from stealing. That is answer number one. The way the Ran, the Rush, and others understand, the Gemara now gives a second answer. That both according to Rebbe and according to Riyasa Rebuda, Tova Sana'a is considered mamon, and really Mikra Dini should have to pay the full amount, including the Demetrius of Maestros. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah Savar, but the Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah holds the reason not to pay the full amount, including the Trumas of Maestros, is Kansur Rabban on the Balabayas, that Rabban made a Knas on the Balabayas, that he's not going to get fully reimbursed, because what's he doing with Tevel in his possession? You shouldn't leave stuff as Tevel, you should right away take care of it, take Trumas of Maestros, make sure it gets to where it needs to go. So as a penalty on the Balabayas for keeping something around as Tevel, we're not going to allow him to be fully reimbursed. So uh, it's two different answers. Answer number one is that the assumption is that really you should only have to pay uh, for the chul and shabot. And the reason Rebbe says you have to pay more is a knas on the ganav. Answer number two is, no, no, really you should have to pay for everything. And the reason Rabbi Yosef Rebuta doesn't require you to pay for everything is a knas on the balabais. That's how most Rishonim understand. The Rashba, however, says that it's not mistaber, that these are two answers in the Gemara. Where's the va'amar uh, you know, some va'od, something, some indication that there's some uh, other answer. So the Rush says, you chalk it up to Nadarim. We're in Nadarim land, and in Nadarim land all the language is different and everything is unusual, and that's, so he just chalks it up to that. But the Rashba says, no, even for Nadarim, come on, there should have been some indication that there was a second answer over here. So he says that it's mistaber, that, uh, that it's really one one explanation of this machlokas that uh, according to the tzad that bein the rebbe bein the rabbi yosef of yuda tovas hana is mamon, which is what the gemara said uh, which is what the gemara starts to assume and rebbe says why do you have to pay the whole thing if tovas hana is mamon, a knas to the ganav and then the gemara turns around and says you know that makes a lot of sense that will be konis the ganav Right, and we're not going to be maimed the halacha on, 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 on what it should have been because it makes a lot of sense to be Karnis the Ganav. Why doesn't Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudha think it makes sense to be Karnis the Ganav? So says the Rash, but that's the, what the Gemara turns around and says. That Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudha says, because just like you should be Karnis the Ganav, you should also be Karnis the, uh, the Balabais for keeping the Tevel. And therefore, we go back to the Yikaradin. And the Yikaradin really is that. Uh, the the Yikaradin really is that you you, uh, you you only have to pay for the demei chulin shabot. So it's not that the Gemara is saying one answer is that really you should pay the demei chulin shabot and a kanas on the ganav that you pay it all. Answer number two, really you should pay it all and a kanas on the balabais. No, the whole thing is working with the assumption that really, really, really the Ikaradin is that you should uh, only pay the demei chulin shabot. Rebbe thinks the kanas on the ganav overrides that, and Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yudha thinks no, don't override it with a kanas on the ganav because just like you could be Kones the Ganav, you may want to be Kones the Balabais. That's how the Rashba understands the Mahalich and the Gemara. Okay, but all of that was one approach in trying to answer our stira in the Mishnah. Remember, the, what, the, the question was that we had a stira in the Mishnah whether Tova Sana is Mamon or Mamon. So answer number one was maybe it's Machlokas Rebbe and Rebbe Yudah. 
We rejected it because Rabbi and Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi may have been arguing about something else. So answer number two. Rava Amar, Rava says, Tovasana is considered Mamon. And nevertheless, when you asher a Kohanim from getting Hana'a from you, even though Tovasana is Mamon, they're allowed to get Hana'a from you. They're allowed to take their Truma. Why? Tovasana is Mamon. Why are they allowed to take the Truma? Shiny Truma. Truma is different. The reason the Kohanim are allowed to take the Truma from you, because Truma is only Ra'oi for Kohanim. You're not allowed to keep it for yourself. And Vikivan, the Ka'asi, the Misra Alayu, when a person takes a net to the Kohanim, Allah get enough from him, since he's asking Kohanim from getting enough from his Truma, Shavya Afrobialma. We view it as if he's making the Truma totally hafkar, as if he's making it like Afar. He's mafkir the Tovasana'a that he has in the Truma. So Tovasana'a is Mamon, but he's giving up on that Tovasana'a by saying, all Kohanim are not allowed to get enough from me. He's saying, hey, he can't keep the Truma, and if all Kohanim can't get it and he can't get it then it's hefker then it's nothing so then let the Quranim go and take it that's why the Quranim are allowed to take the Truma because they're not getting Hana'a from him because he doesn't even have Tova Sana'a in it he has been totally mafkir that, uh, that Tova Sana'a so that's Rava's Mahalich in understanding and being miyashev the stira between one line and the next in our Mishnah now a new Mishnah so again this Mishnah is going to uh, shift the conversation to what happens when a woman takes a neder under Maisiya Dayim, that she asks for Maisiya Dayim on other people. So, a woman who asks Hana'a from her Maisiya Dayim on her father, her father-in-law, her brother, her brother-in-law, the husband cannot be made for that neder because it's not a neder of Inri Nefesh. So, uh, because of the fact that she's no longer able to give Hana'a to them doesn't cause her any Inri Nefesh. And it's also not Varm Shabbat it's not between him and her. It's something that relates to other people that, uh, that you know, other people that she may have a relationship with. So uh, that's if she takes a nether that others are not allowed to get enough from her. What if she says she'eni osa alpicha? She asks her ma'isiyadayim on her husband. So now we have a machlokas tanayim, and and the question is not just. Um, uh, can he be made for? But is the, does he even need to be made for? Is the neder chal? And if it is chal, can he be made for such a neder? So the shita of the Tanakhama is since she's mishubedes to provide maisiyadayim to the husband, there's no need to be made for the neder's not chal to begin with. Um, even though in Meseches Ksubas the uh, the Gemara says yicholi ishalomer lebaila eni nizonas v'eniyosa that a woman is not necessarily Meshubah to give Maisi Yadayim Lebaila, Maisi Yadayim Artachas Mizonoseha, that in exchange for the husband providing her Mizonos, she provides him with her Maisi Yadayim. And she can say, no, thank you. I'm perfectly happy providing for myself, providing Mizonos for myself, and I'm going to keep my Maisi Yadayim. But nevertheless, Kolzman that she doesn't say that, says the Ritva in Mesech Ksubis, Kolzman that she doesn't say that, Befeirush, the neder's not going to be chal, because if she doesn't say that, uh, you know, I'd like to keep my Maisiyadayim and I'll, I'll provide for myself, then she is Meshuba to give the Maisiyadayim. So that's the assumption o- o- over here. So, that's the sheet of the Tanakama. The neder's not even chal. She can't ask her Maisiyadayim on her husband. The husband has the rights to the Maisiyadayim. Sheet number two, Rabbi Kiva Omer, Yafer, 
the nether is chal, but he can be made for it. Why? Why was the nether even chal? After all, she's meshubedes to him. No, because maybe she'll do more malacha than the shear that the chachamim had, estab- had established to, uh, to compensate for, for the mezonos. And that extra that she makes uh, is going to actually belong to her. So if he's not made for the nether, he's not going to get, he's not going to be able to get the hana'a from that odef of the Maiseyadayim. So uh, therefore, he's able to be made for because that becomes Dvar Meshavena Levena, meaning there is something that she's not Meshubedis to him that he may want to get hana'a from, that the nether is going to be chal, he won't be able to get hana'a from it. So now he's allowed to be uh, made for such a nether. Third approach, Rabbi Yochum and Nuri Yomer, Yafer, but not because of the odef of the Maiseyadayim. No, really, the nether is not chal at all right now. Even the Lagabe Hadafa, for whatever reason, the nether is not chal right now. Yafer Shemiyagrishena, because we're afraid that they might get divorced at some later time, then the nether is going to be chal, because once they get divorced, she's no longer Mishubedes to provide him with Maisiyadayim, Uti Asura, love. And then she's going to be Asur, uh, she's going to be Asura to him. What does it mean she's going to be Asura to him? Sometimes couples get divorced and then they rethink the decision and they decide to get back together again. Not if he's a Kohen, but if, uh, right, you know, if they're non Kohen. So they decide they're going to get back together again. But now the nether of Maisi Yadayim is going to be chal. As soon as they get divorced, he's not going to be able to get back together with her. He's not going to be able to remarry her. A person is not able to uh, you know, be married to someone that he's not allowed to get any hana'a from any malacha that she does. Because that's not, uh, it's impossible. It's an impossible situation. And therefore he's able to be made for the nether right now because it's Tvarim Shebein Olavena. Not that right now Tvarim Shebein Olavena. Right now the nether is not chal anyway. But it could one day turn into into Dvarm Shabeno Levena. The Ritva Mesachis Ksubis raises the question so why is the husband able to be made for the neder? The neder is not chal right now. So it turns out it's not Nidri Nefesh, nor is it Dvarm Shabeno right now. So uh, the Ritva quotes in the name of the Ravid that since as a result of this neder, it might lead to divorce, and then uh, uh, he won't have an Isha L'sham show. So that's considered Dvarim Shabbat Levena, meaning he, he needs a wife to, you know, to make his life easier, and this uh, such a nether might lead to divorce. So right now it's already considered Dvarim Shabbat Levena. There are other approaches uh, as well, but uh, that's the sheet of Rabbi Yochanan, uh, Rabbi Yochanan Nuri. So what we have is four sheetos, right? So we have, or three sheetos, what do we have? We have uh, the Sheni uh, Osalbicha, we have the Tanakhama that says, Rabbi Akiva says, no, no, you, it, the nether is chal because of the ha'adafa, so you could be made for, made for, for, for that reason. And Rabbi Yochanan Nuri says, the nether is chal because of maybe what will be, because when they get divorced, and therefore you could be made for, for that reason. So three shitos. So it says, Amr Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan Nuri. We pass on Rabbi Yochanan Nuri that the nether is chal, and the husband can be made for the nether on the uh, assumption that maybe they, they'll get divorced one day, and then it will be chal, so uh, meaning, so even though it's not chal right now, since it could be chal, he could be made for, for that uh, eventuality. So says Gemara, wait, according to Rabbi Yochan Menuri, you have to say that a person is able to be maktish something that doesn't yet exist, because otherwise, how could the neder be chal uh, when she's being no, there's something that will have no impact until after they get divorced. They're, she's not divorced. They're not divorced. That matzav of being divorced is not pa'olam, and the Maisiyadah are also not pa'olam. So since Shmuel is paskin at Rabbi Yochumanuri, he's telling me that I'm gores even Dvarm Shalab that I think even Dvarm Shalab are 
are an entity, that they have to, they're an entity that needs to be dealt with. So that means Shmuel holds that a person can be maktish, Tavr Shalom Eliolam, or a mini, but I'll ask you a stira, because there's a Mishnah Masechus Ksubustaf and Lches that says, Hamaktish Ma'ase Yedei Ishto. If a person is maktish, the Maisiya Dayim of his wife, Harezo Osova Ocheles, the woman uh, is able to be Nana for Maisiya and there's no Kedusha on the Maisiya Dayim, because the husband can't be maktish, his Maisiya Dayim. And if the husband is maktish, the noser maisiyadeha, meaning that which she does more than the amount that the chamim had held her responsible for in terms of producing maisiyadeha, Rameir Omer Hagdish, Rameir says that Hagdish is going to be chal, even though it's not yet baliolam. Rabbi Yochanan Sandor Omer Chulin, Rabbi Yochanan Sandor says, no, there's no Hagdish. It's a davashlo baliolam. You can't be maktish, maisiyadeishto, even on the noser, because it doesn't exist yet. So the Amr Shmuel, Halach, Rabbi Yochanan Sander. And Shmuel says, we pass on like Rabbi Yochanan Sander, the Hektish is not Chal, even on the Noser. Why not? Alma, Eino, the Maktish, Tavr Shlob Eliolam. Must be because Shmuel is taking a stance that there is a Machlokas Tanayim, Tavr Shlob Eliolam, and he's saying that the Tavr Shlob Eliolam is a non-entity. You can't be Maktish, Tavr Shlob Eliolam. So how could it be that Shmuel Paskins, like Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri in our Mishnah, who holds that a woman who asks Maisiyadeh on her husband, then that there's going to be Chal, because if they get divorced, and that will be chal, and therefore he could be made for right now. It's Dover Shlobeliolam, and yet he passes like Rabbi Yochanan Sandra that Dover Shlobeliolam is a non entity. So, which is it? Is Dover so Stirin Shmuel? So, Gemara is going to have three resolutions that Stirin Shmuel. Number one says, Maybe you're going to try to answer the following. When he said that the halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan and Nuri, he's not trying to be machriya, the halacha like Rabbi Yochanan and Nuri, in that the husband is able to be mefir nidre ishto, maybe they'll get divorced and the neder will be chal. No. Al hadafu amar. All he meant to say is that since Rabbi Yochanan Nuri assumes that the husband could be mefir, the neder, on the chance that they get divorced, and, and he doesn't say, like Rabbi Akiva, that he could be mefir the neder because of the hadafa that she produces right now, you, you see that, that Rabbi Yochanan Nuri rejects the concept of hadafa. That uh, you see that the hadafa doesn't belong to the Baal, it belongs to the Isha. So when Shmuel passes on Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, he's really saying, I don't really pass on Rabbi Yochanan Nuri, I just pass on not like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Kiva thinks Hadafa already belongs to the husband, and therefore he could be made for the neder because of the Hadafa. No, I hold like Rabbi Yochum in rejecting Rabbi Akiva's Hadafa idea. So says Gemara, there are better ways to say that. Meaning, if you wanna, if you're not really gonna pass like Rabbi Yochum then why would you say Halach Rabbi Yochum Rather, so Lema Halach Rabbi Yochum Nuri you, you could have been more specific with one extra word. Just say Halach Rabbi Yochum Nuri Inami Halacha Ketanakama. Or you could have just said that the Allah is like Tanakama, that the Baal doesn't need to be made for, because the Nedr is not Chal, because the, uh, the, the, after they get divorced, is Lo Baliolam, Hadafa doesn't belong to him, just pass it straight like the Tanakama, Inami, Einalach Rabbi Kiva, or just say that we don't pass like Rabbi Kiva, that the Hadafa issue is not an issue. Why on earth would you say Allah Rabbi Yochum Nuri? So that's a very unlikely uh, Mahalik, meaning that Mahalik, but that's all Shmuel meant is that he's rejecting uh, Rabbi Akiva's Ha'adafa is unlikely. So Ella Amr Rav Yosef, a second approach. According to Shita Shmuel, a person cannot be maktish tovar shalobi Eliolam, and that's why he paskins like Rabbi Yochanan Sandler about being maktish Right? You cannot be maktish tovar shalobi Eliolam. But shayni konamos, but in our Mishnah, we're not talking about making something hagdish. We're talking about nidarim. Nidarim are different than hagdish. 
Shmuel is going to be moted that even though you cannot be maktish a davar shalom you're allowed to take a neder on a davar shalom Think about it. Nidarim allow you to do things that normally you would not be allowed to do with Hegdish. I'm not allowed to make something that doesn't belong to me into Hegdish. But I can take something that doesn't belong to me and take a neder on it. So if I can take a neder on something that doesn't belong to me, uh, even though I can't be maktish on something that belongs to me, so I could take a neder on a dover shalom even though I can't be maktish a dover shalom So that's the answer. It's not about, you know, uh, uh, a, 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 a um, it's, it's not that, that we have a stira in, in the attitude toward dover shalom Davar Shlobaliolam is a non-entity when it comes to Hegdish, but is an entity when it comes to Nedarim. I'm allowed to take a Nedar on Davar Shlobaliolam, just like I'm allowed to take a Nedar on something that's not mine. So says Gemara, mm, that doesn't really work either. I'm like, why am I allowed to take a nether on something that doesn't belong to me? Because I can also generate an isser for somebody else on that which does belong to me. Right? When it comes to Nadarim, I can take something that belongs to me and make it usser for somebody else. But does it, if you're going to compare a davar shalom to something that doesn't belong to me, so how can I ask a davar shalom on somebody else? I'm not allowed to ask that which doesn't belong to me on somebody else, even in the world of Nadarim. All Nadarim allows me to do is I can make someone else's stuff usher to me, or my stuff usher to somebody else, or my stuff usher to me. But I'm not allowed to make someone else's stuff usher to him. I'm not allowed to walk out of my house one day and say to, to my neighbor, oh, your car, uh, I hereby take another. You're not allowed to drive it anymore. Well, well, I, I can't do that. I can't ask for something that doesn't belong to, to me on, on him. So if you're going to equate Davar Shalom with something that doesn't belong to me, so I should not be able to take a nether on Davar Shalom to that covers somebody else, that asks for somebody else. The woman cannot take a nether on Maisiyadeha, which is Davar Shalom on her husband. So, Eli, yes, Davar Shalom al Chaveiro, Shariyan Adam Osir Peros Chaveiro al Chaveiro, so that it just doesn't match up, it doesn't, uh, doesn't line up. So that's the way. At least that's the simple reading of the uh, of the Gemara. That's the way the the, the Ran understands the Gemara. Stipler points out that from the Gemara it seems that the reason you can't be makdash dover shalobaliolam is because you're not the bailim yet on it. Meaning, why are we equating a dover shalobaliolam with something that doesn't belong to me? Because what's the chisarun of dover shalobaliolam? Is that you can't own something that doesn't exist. And just like uh, something that doesn't belong to me doesn't belong to me, something that doesn't yet exist doesn't belong to me. So that's what seems to be the Nakuda. That's what the Stabler points out. It doesn't seem that all Rishonim agree that that's the Nakuda. The Shittim Mubatzas and Masaksbabasa quotes from a rush that the reason a person cannot be makhla davashalabaliolam is because there's a lack of Gemir's Das and something that's Eino Ba'olam. And that's how he explains the Gemara over there that even a person. If a person is not able to be mezakalu ubar, because the ubar is not piolam, he could be mezakalu ubar, that's his own child. Because it's a, it's a gemir stas issue. That if, if, uh, if you have a, 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 a woman who's pregnant, to the rest of the world, that baby is a non-entity. It doesn't exist yet. It's not in the world yet. 
but to the parents, to the father, that baby's already an entity. He's already thinking about, uh, you know, how he's going to pay for uh, tuition, and he's thinking about how he's going to, you know, all the, you know, the things that he's going to teach him and everything. So the baby's already an entity. So it's about Gemir's Das and Kiruv Das, rather than about, uh, than about Bibles. Then a third answer, a third approach. Really, Shmuel is moda that a person cannot answer with a neder, a davar shaloba liolam, on somebody else. Why can the woman answer Maisi Adeha al Baila? She's not answering Maisi Adeha. She's saying that uh, she's not being maktish the Maisi Adayim. Maisi Adayim are not ba'olam. She's being maktish the Yadayim klape that which they will produce. The Yadayim ha'isnu ba'olam. And her Yadayim are actually in the world already. They, they exist. And therefore we do not treat it like she's asring on her husband a davash lobaliolam. Rather, it's as if she's asring something that already exists in his rishos on, on the, the husband. So uh, the Gemara then is going to start a whole discussion. Why does that help? Isn't she mishubedas to, to the husband? But that's the third approach. So th- the first approach was, uh, again, in the Stira and Shmuel, about whether uh, he paskins Dovr Shlom is an entity or a non-entity, is that really he holds that Dovr Shlom is, uh, is, 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 uh, um, is uh, that in our Mishnah he says, that a Dabash Lobam is an entity. Really, it's a non-entity. And he's not really passing like Rabbi Yechim he's just passing not like Rabbi Akiva. Second approach was, there's a difference between Nidarim versus Hegdish. Uh, in, in terms of Hegdish, it's a Dabash Lobam is a non-entity. In terms of Nidarim, it is an entity because Nidarim allows you more leeway. And the third approach is that in our Mishnah, we're not talking about a Dabash Lobam. We're talking about a Dabash Lobam. We're talking about Yodayim Lo'oseyen, which is considered a Dabash Lobam. So Beth Shem will continue that conversation with Yamra Hachi Kitcha Bezos Hashem tomorrow. Have a great day everyone.